0: Hi, this is Claire from Comeback Brighter. You're listening to my podcast about healing after narcissistic abuse. Welcome. Hello, there's Claire from Comeback Brighter here. I want to talk to you about something um, concerning my son, something that um, I feel like we're having communication difficulties at the moment. He's 10 years old and we're trying to work through some things together. And I've tried everything that I can that I can think of. Um, but I realized that I need like more resources to draw on in order to, to help us because we're not getting anywhere with the things that I've been trying. So I've been reading a book and it's called How to Talk. Uh, so kids can learn at home and in school. And I've only read the first chapter and I've come across a very interesting thing. And it says about the various ways in which we, um, we we treat children when they've got difficulties. And I'm just going to talk about two today, because these are the most these are what I experienced the most as a child. So I think once you have a child yourself, you really start to realize how toxic your childhood was. You start to realise because you default to patterns that don't work. You default to patterns that make you feel like crap about yourself. Um and, and it's really, truly been since my son's hit about the age of seven that I've really had to kind of dig deep and acknowledge how truly toxic my childhood was. Because before then, I still kind of thought things were okay. I still kind of invalidated myself. But but it's but it's been in the last like three years or so that I've really realized how toxic it was. So the first thing I'm going to talk to you about is something that my parents did all the time. And that is denial of feelings. And what they do, it wasn't actually so much denial of feelings, actually. It was that I was wrong for feeling it. So whatever it was that I expressed to them, they would tell me I was wrong for it. And and sometimes I had like no choice. So sometimes I would cry, not because, you know, I'd never choose to cry in front of them because I'd learned at a very early age that they weren't going to support me emotionally. They didn't really care. I think I knew that from a very early age. And so I soon learned to, to kind of stuff my feelings down because I was always told I was wrong for feeling it or that in some way it was my fault so if I mean there's no way I would ever express anger because the only person in our household that was allowed to express anger was my father and he wouldn't do that he wasn't like shouty and rageful his anger would be expressed with the silent treatment or well really mainly the silent treatment which sometimes could go on for days Sometimes even over a week, you know, it was like real torture. And that was how he expressed his anger. So it was like a cold anger. And he was the only one that was ever allowed to do that. He was the only one that was ever allowed to express anything of what he felt. So I learned that, you know, I wasn't allowed to feel angry. I wasn't allowed to feel frustrated. Um, I I, I also recall going to my mother and, and kind of questioning my father's behavior towards me. And instead of her supporting me, instead of her understanding um, and, and really addressing it with my father, she would then tell me that I had to suck it up because he had, well, really, she was telling me he had mental health issues, he was stressed, he was all the things. So I I had to, as the child, accept that that was the way that it was, and things weren't ever going to change. And it was up to me to kind of be the punch bag for him. It was up to me to take it as a child. So that was another way in which my feelings were denied. So so I soon learned, don't express my feelings, stuff them down. And that's led to a lot of problems as an adult, okay? So I was, or, or even worse, what my father would occasionally do is he would laugh at me. So I remember one particular occasion, I was going through a stage where I was what I would call a feminist And we were talking and I was like defending myself. It really felt like, you know, it felt like a good discussion until he wound me up in so many knots that I I burst into tears out of frustration because everything that I said. He argued with or fought back and and I didn't have the the capacity, the knowledge, the tools to be able to come back at him and and he relished that he absolutely relished that because then he could laugh at me for being i was i was so i was so frustrated that i got to the point of tears and he'd loved that he knew that he caused me that frustration and and so that was just another way that my feelings were denied so so the other thing that they say in here is where like the where the, the parent takes the other person's side so if if it was an issue with a friend or a teacher or whatever it was I soon learned really not to confide in my parents because they would they would use that information against me so um, they would then put me in positions either with my friend or the teacher whoever it was where i would struggle where it was difficult for me where where i wouldn't feel comfortable and they do that on purpose because they relished me feeling feeling uncomfortable and not happy and not relaxed and all the rest of it so i soon learned not to talk to them but but if i did talk to them on the rare occasions that i did somehow it would be my fault somehow i would have done something to make them behave in that way and and it and it, what it always felt like it was really strange because i i was told to like rely on my parents to be there to support me but the times when i needed them they didn't support me and and it actually felt like to me they would they if i said i had a problem with anybody they would always take the other person's side so it felt like they were supporting the other person not me they were they were it was like them against me and i mean them as in my parents but also this other person that i felt had hurt me or had been picking on me or been unkind to me or whatever it was so it felt like them together them united against me which is which is the position as the scapegoat within the narcissistic family. The scapegoat is on their own. They're isolated. They're not supported by any other member of the family. That's their other parent too. So it's the narcissistic parent doing that and the, the other parent, the non-narcissistic parent too. They're scapegoated by both parents and they're scapegoated by their siblings too. And they'll be encouraged to be scapegoated by by the extended family too. It will become this situation where the scapegoat is being ganged up upon. And this is what it felt like for me. Every time, or oh, the few occasions I did share, maybe because I couldn't, I was crying and I couldn't, I had to come up with an explanation for it. They would take the other person's side. So I, I learned that the best thing to do, to, to do was whatever I felt, however I felt about anybody, was best to, to keep to myself. Because the other thing that they would do is they would take the things that I told them and twist them to use to the person that I was having the problems with. And this could be like weeks after the event, when everything was, had all settled down, everything was all back to normal, they, they, could, they would contrive a situation where they would go to that person and they would say, Claire said dot, dot, dot about you. And it could and it it might have been something I actually said, but it might have been something that they've twisted, and the way that the tone that they said in the way they said it made it sound horrible when in actual fact it was a good thing that I'd said, but the way that they did it, or the way that they phrased it, or the way they put you know, they they, they put a question to it, so it made the other person feel like I was a bitch, like I'd been talking about them. So there was this whole there's this whole element of of betrayal and to other people. So it's not just the narcissist. It's also the stirring that they've done with other people. And it could be it could be with a teacher that you don't get on with. It could be it could be one of your friends. It could be an acquaintance. It could be someone in your class. Whatever it is, they will. Seek to cause the maximum amount of of pain for you, the maximum amount of suffering for you, and and they may do that by denying your feelings. They may do that by taking the other person's side, and they may do it by causing chaos afterwards with the information that, they've, that you've given them. So, like I said, it might be the things that you've said. It it might be just in a in a weak moment. You thought that they were going to support you. So you open up to them. You tell them something. You share something with them about how somebody's hurt you in the past. And they will use that information. So they will use it because then they know what your weakness is. They know how you've been hurt. They will use that information. And they may use that information to other people in order to hurt you too. It's so spiteful. They are so spiteful. They are the opposite of everything that they're supposed to be. So I never felt like I had my, my parents' support, although they would always say that I they would support me. I never felt like I had their support. And, and that extended to other members of my family too, because they would all go along with what my father wanted because they wanted to keep him happy. And it was more important that my father was, was happy and as stable as he could be, so that so that ev- they were safe that was all they were concerned about not about supporting other family members it wasn't it wasn't the family unit together helping each other loving each other supporting each other it was the family against me it was the family against the scapegoat and that extended out into extended family and to family friends and to situations at school and everything else as well they would contrive things that i would be so i would be scapegoated by my friends by the people that i knew by my teachers so that so it wasn't just in home environment when i was treated like that it was also outside of the home environment so the message i took from that was not just that i was scapegoated by my dad i was scapegoated by my dad by my mother by my brother by by extended family and then by friends and teachers, by everybody that was involved in me with me in any way, because my parents then would be involved. And the message then that you take from that is that I am bad. I deserve this. Because it's the consistent message that you see. And you don't think for one minute that the core source of it is your own parent, you don't realize that. You see, you go out into the world. Well, you're at home and you're out in the world. And you, when you're at home, you're scapegoated. And then when you're out in the world, you're scapegoated too. Because you will also attract other narcissists when you're out there. And you, the consistent message that you see is, is people, c- people consistently scapegoating you and relishing it. And the, and the message that you take from that is, I am bad. And that's why it's such a huge discovery about narcissistic personality disorder, because where you thought it was all you, where you thought it was all your fault, you start to realize where it all came from. You start to realize the parent or maybe both your parents are narcissistic. That The root cause of it all is, is that narcissistic parent, the one that's in charge, because there'll always be one narcissist in charge. They can't have anybody else having any position of power over anybody. So whoever is the narcissist in charge, they will be the one that dictates whether or not you're the scapegoat. And then that will be within your family. And then that will extend beyond your family, out into the wider world of friends, family, other family members, school teachers, anybody that you were involved with in any way. So the natural thing is we're also told it's our fault. So we just accept that. And it's so when you realize about narcissistic personality disorder, it turns your world upside down. Because the first thing you realize is it's not me. It's not me. So I really hope that this helps you. If you need any help or support, I am here for you. Please comment below or email me, Claire, comebackbrighter at gmail.com.